Hey guys, this is Jesus. I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Ethan Ferguson, Tim, Matt Burr, Bridget Hughes, Christopher Durback, David Millar, Leona Coffing, Thomas Seymour Turner, Nielsen Harrow, and Alice. Help us do time for magical crimes. Hey folks, welcome back to the Fandible Actual Play Podcast. My name is Angela, and I'm so excited to be back here once again with the fellows of the Waning Gibbous playing Nitrate City. We've been super enjoying this noir monster mashup of fate, so let's dive right back into what's happening at the Gibbous, our bar in old Hollywood that is at the nexus of a power vacuum as we last left it. Last time we were here, it was the holidays. It was the holidays and the various mob bosses that work in Nitrate City were plotting something. Because, of course, the three of you messed things up by offing the boss of old Hollywood, Montenegro. Uh, it was just an early Christmas gift to all the other mob bosses. <laughs> <laughs> And so one of them, Lil Nicky, was trying to consolidate some power, looking to do a takeover. But because of some meddling, one part from his former partner, Big Pete, one part from the three of you, the plans were foiled. I feel like no one won in that one. Like, that was the most noir game we've had yet, where it's like... I'm still not sure what happened at the end of that episode. Like fist fight that we weren't involved with, is, that's, I guess that's a win. It's like, I'm not sure who double-crossed who and what the ultimate goals were. As you said, I don't know who won, if anybody did. We just drove away. After exactly. a while, we're like, nope. Leave it alone, Ange. It's Christmas time. <laughs> So now it has been a a couple of months post the holiday shenanigans. It's still winter in Nitrate City, but not as unusually snowy as it was. You know, that white Christmas was a one-day miracle. So now it's just gray. There's a slight edge to the wind as it whips through the streets. It's been quiet up above from these mob bosses that control all the different neighborhoods. Everyone's just kind of kept their head down, working through their days, hoping that nothing goes wrong. So starting from my left, tell me who is in the waxing gibbous on this dark and cold night. Hey everybody, this is Billy, and I'm playing Bump. And as the camera strolls through this club, the first thing people would notice is It's fairly empty. There are a lot of empty seats, chairs, bar stools. Of course, there is Swamp Thing, who's come back from Florida. You know, it's it's not too cold for him now, but even he seems a little bit like he's noticing that this place is, is empty. And this has kind of been how it's been for a while. I mean, when you piss off a mob boss and a guy who claims to be part of the police, well, let's just say they could put a lot of roadblocks up to make your club not as, uh, exciting. It's gotten to the point where even Bump is just sitting on stage, and as he's looking out into this abyss of empty seats, he's just kind of fiddling. He's not even performing, he's just working on his own song. He's pressing a key. It's quiet. 
Trixie says it's okay, but I don't buy it. I need a new job, bump, bump. I need a new job, bump, bump. Oh, God. Because we robbed the mob, dun, dun. I need a new job. Oh, no, that doesn't work. And he grabs, like, the paper and he starts scribbling. And then he looks up towards the camera as everything freezes. But there's no one there to notice it's frozen. So it's just bump. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is where the story went. I know that last adventure we had was a little bit topsy-turvy. Who won that, really? We just drove off leaving two guys fighting. <laughs> and we're paying for it now. But that's not for me to tell. Me? I've had my hands full. Well, not with this, he waves his hand around the stage, but with, uh, another nightmare. A nightmare that I prefer. <laughs> Senorita Blanca, as I don't live or breathe. But, as for the waning gibbous, I'll let the big guy tell you how it's been. And he waves toward the camera to get out of his face, and then you hear, Rob, no, Rob the mob. Oh, that's terrible. Bump, come on now. And the camera moves off. All right, and who does the camera find next? Yeah, it, it pans over the mostly empty seats, a couple of stragglers in the audience not paying attention. They're smoking cigarettes and looking pensively off in the distance, probably budding protagonists in their own story. It pans over like the crown of a shorter guy, and he says, Yep, that's me. I was always just And then it, it settles on the two shoulders of a massive Frankensteinian person in an old, worn down long coat and a fedora. And he's focusing away, he's turned away from the camera, and he just, with a massive, stitched up hand, motions away from him and says, No, no, I'm reading, keep going. Uh, hey guys, this is Dan, once again reprising Mickey. And the camera moves around and points at the bar behind which stands the, you know, tall, young, lanky uh, form of, of our resident young werewolf. He's actually dressed up. Ever since the business at the bar started going down, he has taken it onto himself to try and improve business by improving service. So he's now, you know, he's got a little suit, very nicely pressed. He's got his uh, sleeves halfway rolled up. He's uh, slicked his hair back. And, uh, and he's just standing behind the bar, quietly polishing a glass. He's kind of looking down, lost in thought. Camera lingers on him for a moment. Then another moment. Camera starts to maybe move away and he looks... Oh, 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 it's my, uh, it's my turn. Um, I, I guess, I mean, work is work. I, uh, what, what can I get you? And, uh, yeah. Okay, now come over here. Camera swings back towards the hulking person who's just calmly folding up a letter that he just took out of an envelope and takes a big sigh. And the camera settles on the front of him as he sits at the bar. And it's a large Caucasian, but, you know, the deathly pallor kind of modifies the tone of his skin. And he's chewing on an unlit cigarette and he's wearing a button-down shirt with a unraveled, barely there tie. And he just kind of looks at the camera. So, we're still in business. Somehow. The last gig was supposed to actually put us in the clear, but as it turns out, when you're throwing so many chips around the table, sometimes you don't realize you went bust. If you're wondering what that looks like, and he flips open the letter and then points it towards the camera, and it's a very official typed out letter from the city, and he points at it. We're going to get our license revoked. Our liquor license. No! 
The deal was with Petey was that he would make this all go away. All we had to do is get whatever. You can listen to the other episode. That's not the point. We had a deal. We couldn't really see our end of the bargain for reasons that you'd know if you listened. Wasn't much of a bargain. So here we are. A bunch of fish about to be way out of water. Thanks, Joe. I need a job quicker because we can no longer sell liquor. Okay, this place can't close fast enough. (laughs) And into this maudlin scene, the front door of the gibbous slams open. Suddenly, a gust of cold air comes swinging in, and it is made all the colder when running in on that wind is an unnatural, almost ghostly form of a tall woman with lanky, long black hair dressed in pure, flowing white dress, screaming almost like a banshee, My babies! My babies! Bump, that is Senorita Blanca. And she's speaking? Screaming. Bump jumps up from the piano, the bench falling behind him, and he's immediately hopping off the stage and moving towards her. Hey, baby, 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 this is my place of work. What are you doing using words and things? We usually just hiss at each other in the nightmares. (laughs) Everything okay? My babies! Uh, um, uh, Joe, uh, she's fine, she's fine. Uh, We're just gonna let, uh, and he grabs, like, the velvet rope, which he's not usually allowed to do, Mm -hmm. and he's going to just unhook it and wave her on in. I'm gonna take her to the back, okay? She just needs a couple screams to get her uh, out of this little, uh, whatever it is. You don't need to tell me any of that. Okay, come on, come on, come on. It's all right. Let's think of a good, think of people trapped in a car as it drowns. Come on. (laughs) He's trying to calm her down as he takes her to the back to see what's going on. And she's absolutely inconsolable. Does not matter what you are saying to her to try to bring out less terrible memories, except more terrible. Monsters are funny that way. But nothing is calming her down. Joe and Mickey, do you let her go in the back alone with Bump, or does anyone want wish to follow? Oh, I try to put away my papers first. Oh, right. Sudden gust of wind. I just look at all the scattered notes and... Somebody will clean that up. No, they won't. We don't have anyone else. All right. <laughs> and Swamp Thing looks over and he grabs up the sheet of paper that says liquor license is going to be revoked. And he just sets it down, grabs his hat, puts it on his head, <laughs> stands up and just walks out. <laughs> oh, Swamp. It's not happened yet. Uh, oh, crap. Joe, really? <laughs> not you too. Go find somewhere else to drown your problems then, big guy. But yeah, no, otherwise Mickey kind of watches this all happen and just, he kind of looks to, to Joe for, uh, to see if Joe's going to say anything. And assuming Joe kind of just lets them through, he just goes back to polishing a glass with occasional glances in that direction. Cause I'm sure the, the whales carry. Mickey, why don't you, uh, mix up something strong for the lady? Ah, oh, can do. Use your finest dead shot at the camera. Spirits. <laughs> <sighs> I ain't doing comedy no more. Back in the back room, Senorita Blanca seems absolutely inconsolable. Bump. She just keeps crying about her babies, her babies. Uh, babe, I didn't know you uh, had babies. That's, uh, that's something I would have liked to know earlier. But hey, it's going to be fine. Hey, here comes Mickey. Hey, Mickey, thank, thank you so much. He says as he takes this, it looks like a mini cauldron in his hands and hands it to her. It, it is bubbling slightly. Mickey Mickey went, went was like, oh, strong. Oh, I can do strong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and he gives it to her, but pauses, and then he goes to his desk and opens up the bottom and filling the bottom of his dresser. Usually you 
you would expect wigs because that's what every dresser drawer has. But his bottom dresser, he moves the side panel and it's like these little bottles of ink he keeps there. And he opens it up, takes a swig of ink, and then pours a bunch into her drink and hands it to her. And she gulps it down. Real quick, Joe goes to the front door, shuts it, locks it, and on the window of the door, flips around the open sign to a hand drawing of Mickey howling, and it says, we'll be back soon. (laughs) (laughs) And then he looks at the camera again. It's funny because he's a, you know what, never mind. (laughs) And then he goes into the back. Come on, okay, just take take the drink and uh, tell me what happened. Come on, words are just for mortals. How about we do this the old-fashioned way? No, I walked in at the wrong time. <laughs> he holds up a hand and his fingers slowly turn into shadow tendrils. And uh, her hair, which is all shadowy, starts snaking out towards him and they interlock. And he's trying to get like a read off her via the shadows. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Why didn't you give me a roll? I feel like this is horror. And on that note, Mickey's just like, "Uh, I'll give you guys a little privacy. (laughs) Just blushing furiously as he rushes away. Okay, so I got three with horror. And do I get any additional ones since Mickey made her a drink that I can tap? Yeah, absolutely. This was a difficulty of two. Great. But if I tapped the drink, that gives me a superior victory, right? Yes, I would allow you to succeed with style. Yes, I would like to succeed with style by tapping that drink that that Mickey made. I think um, spirited spirits is the advantage that you put on the table. That would cost a fate point. I'll do it. So spirited spirits. So with succeeding with style, when you and Senorita Blanca commune like this, it's it's more visions, like it's a, like a direct mind-to-mind sort of communication, would that be correct? Around them, what happens is the air gets incredibly cold. Like the mirrors around this place, because this is the green room, starts icing over a little bit. Thank goodness Trixie's not here because she would be complaining immediately because some of the mirrors start cracking. And Joe, you might look through some of the shards that are there and spot like, you know, little Joe's like, you know, mouthing to get out, get out. And, like <laughs> their heads are spinning around and stuff like that. But yes, it is kind of like flashing memories of each other. And what Senorita Blanca communicates to you, you see very clearly because you succeeded with style. So there's no confusion about what this means. But you see in order a squat cinder block building with a cement wall that is painted in bright colors, has bright spotlights on each corner, and you know instinctively that this is an orphanage. And Senorita Blanca obviously feels protective over this orphanage. And then you see, you know, in the the logic of nightmares, it goes from the middle of the day to the middle of the night in one fell swoop, and there are flames erupting from the back of the orphanage. And all you hear are the sound of motorcycles running away and the sound of laughter. It takes a moment or two before Bump like shudders and his tendrils snap away from her. And I'm sure she continues wailing. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I'll be right back. You just, you, just, you just continue drinking your cauldron. And he stands up and moves towards Joe, pauses, looks around for Mickey, wondering where he went. And he uh, clears his throat. Uh, she's in a bad spot. Apparently, uh, well, you know, Senorita Blanca, she's, uh, she, yes, she's technically a mob queen, but she does have a soft spot for the little ones. Uh, she has an orphanage, uh, so, I don't know, so, somewhere deep in her territory. Apparently, 
something happened to it, and that kind of just threw her in for a loop. So you think she's using it to move something? Guns, drugs, something like that? No, 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 no. She's not like that. She's, trust me, she is the woman of my nightmares, but no, no, no. She's more of like picking up people on the side of the roads and then, you know, haunting them until they, you know, take their own lives. The children, though, they're untouchable. She don't like anybody messing with them. It's it's really one of her only weaknesses. Ugh, I love that woman. Okay, I'm going to write that down. And, uh... But, but, but... It looks like someone messed with the orphanage. Uh, I heard uh, motorcycles uh, fly off in the distance in laughter. So I think I think someone must have taken the kids. All right. You said she's a crime queen, crime boss? Yeah, she runs the Arroyo Vista. You, you met her at the Christmas party, remember? It was a busy night. <laughs> oh, yeah, for more than one reason. Oh, boy. All right. That sounds lucrative. Lucrative? Yeah. She's not the only one in a tight spot, Bumpo. No, no, I, I'm impressed. Yeah, I thought I had to spell it out for you, but... When she calms down, why don't you bring her into the front? I uh, closed shop for a little while, so we'll have it to ourselves. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, she might need a couple minutes, and he turns around to see where she's at. Inches from your face. Oh, hello there, darling. You look beautiful as ever. Joe, she's here to talk. She grabs the lapels of your suit, Bump, and just says, My babies! Hey, 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 listen... We're going to go to the orphanage and check this out, okay? We're, we we are going to take care of you because that's what that's what Bump does to his lady. Why can't you get your people to look into this? You had an exceptional success earlier, so uh, you would get the feeling that she's been stretched thin. That and actually, this wasn't at the forefront of what she was communicating. But you know, you were seeing flashes and things that weren't all adding up. But now that you're having a moment to think about them, you're realizing that. There's actually been a series of attacks on her territory, you know, like small incursions that, you know, she kind of wrote off as the cost of doing business. You know, you know you're doing well when somebody feels threatened by you, but coming after the orphanage was the last straw. It's a big move. Yeah. All right. Okay. I need you to just, you know, take a breather. And he turns towards Joe and says, when I calm her down, we will go out to the orphanage. And when he looks back, she's already in a corner, like several feet away with her face pressed against the corner. And you just hear like that sickening uh, hiss of her hair. And he's like, yeah, she's there for a couple of days. She's in mourning. We need to go now. We, now. I said now. And he grabs Joe and pulls out as the camera catches for a brief second. Her hair is expanding outwards as if it's like moss growing on the walls. And he closes the door and he says, yeah, we should tell Trixie not to go in there for a bit. She's uh, cocooning. This is because you're into wigs. This is the wig thing. All right, fine. Not my wigs, no. And he presses his hand against the door, but it's cold. And he's like, Ugh, not worth it. Okay, well... Let's, uh, Mickey's not going to be doing much tonight, and Mickey probably wants to. Hey, Mickey. Yeah? Do you want to stay here with a woman who's cocooning inside of her own phantasmal hair? Or would you like to come with us to a orphanage? We could use him to sniff out some clues. You know he got the, uh, and he taps the side of his nose. Yeah, do you have cocaine? No, 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 no. I mean, if you wanted it, it's back there. But uh, we need him for his nose. So maybe he can catch a, a scent of whoever's driving the motorcycles. Yeah, as you turn back to look to Mickey, now Mickey's like, hey, man, are we are we going for a walk? Uh, come on, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're going for a walk. Um, let's uh, call uh, call Trixie, tell her that we're closing the gibbous because of we're dealing with the liquid license and we won't need her in today. You get the rest of the customers out. And we all three of us turn around and look at an empty bar. The tumbleweed leaves. <laughs> <laughs> the tumbleweed puts its hat on. 
This place used to be cool. <laughs> I thought that guy was going dry. As we are like collecting our things, turning off, you know, the lights and stuff, he's moving towards Joe and says, Hey, listen, uh, this is, I didn't say this because I didn't want to freak her out, but I got a couple more flashes that I don't know if she wanted me to see. They just kind of happened. It seems like, uh, her resources are being stretched thin. Someone's been attacking her, and that's kind of just the cost of doing business in this city. But this is a major play. You know, a flesh wound, a punch to the face is one thing, but this is someone shooting for the hot. Which means if this doesn't get settled, we're going to have a gang war on our hands if this is another gang. You say a uh, flesh wound and then like this is straight for the heart and it's just a solid shot of your friend, an undead, <laughs> like cobbled together man just looking straight at you. And then you continue. Yeah, look, Bumpo, I think what you're doing is real noble and it could be useful to us, but I'm going to level with you just between you and me. And the werewolf kid who can definitely hear us from over two miles away. Mickey kind of just pretends to look away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot of things and a lot of people, but I do have a heart. Not here, it's in a jar, but I have one. And I'm not going to let some dame come crashing into our place screaming about children and not be even a little concerned. Don't worry, Joe. I'll make sure that doesn't get out. He slaps you on the side of the arm and grabs his fedora and puts it on his head. Come on, everybody. So again, we call a hearse. And you know what? By, this is the third time that we've called a taxi. Who is driving the hearse? Who's the guy who picks us up and says, oh, God, not these guys. Our driver, I think, oh, is. Let me see. I've got a table we can roll on. We've got a zombie driver. Ooh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, I like that. And uh, what's his name? That uh, makes sense. It's late at night. The graveyard shift. There we go. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just call them Bones. Yeah, I like that. Bones. So, yes, the hearse pulls up. The familiar undead face of Bones in the front driver's seat, and his eyes roll in the oversized sockets as he sees who his fare is. Bones doesn't talk. He's really, it's like zombie as in like groans, moans. Uh, actually had his mouth sewn shut. He's that sort of zombie. I like it. And we sit in and he's like, ah, hey, Bones, a long time no see. Uh, we're going to need you to take us to the Arroyo Vista home for foundlings. Uh, I look towards Joe. She has a weakness towards these kids that got affected by the flicker. We take off Bones's stately ride. I think the slogan for the taxi company is just dead till dawn. So Arroyo Vista is to the east of Old Hollywood. It's on the edge of the desert when uh, things start to get really rough and you're definitely outside of the city proper. So when you get to the Arroyo Vista neighborhood, for lack of a better word, you know, it's a Senorita Blanca. She commands a sizable territory out here, but it's not one that's filled with a lot of people. In fact, because it is such an inhospitable landscape, this is where a lot of kind of weird people hang out. This is where you go when you don't want to be around other people. Or the only other people that you want around are part of your weird cult. Like this is, and I'm sorry, Mickey, where the Frankenchrist cult got its start. Fair. And that's not the only fringe religion that has sprung up out here on the fringe of Nitrate City. And this is also the place where occasionally the zombie will spot like somebody on the side of the road and maybe feel obligated to offer help and bump. And he's like, nope, nope, lady in white, 
Keep passing. Another lady in white. Then we turn the corner. Nope, that's another lady in white. Just keep on going. It's a, it's a lot of just like, you know, ghost hitchhikers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of people like running from the desert covered in blood with the sound of a chainsaw behind them. Get a job, hippie. Yeah. <laughs> There's also like a pack of chupacabras running by. So Bones drives you through the Arroyo Vista neighborhood until you come to a dark and lonely street and he pulls up in front of a sign that says the Arroyo Vista home for foundlings and bump as you saw in your vision it is a small squat cinder block building right on the edge of the desert like here's the road and there's still some some scrub brush and that sort of thing here and then behind the orphanage it is the vast black emptiness of a desert at night surrounding The foundling home is a brightly painted concrete fence. It runs around the entire perimeter and it is illuminated at all four corners with sodium vapor lamps. Now this is something that hasn't come up in gameplay before, but this is something that all three of you would know, is that there's something about the sodium vapor lamp. It was very commonly used like lighting sets here in Hollywood once upon a time. And there's something about these lights that have the ability to disrupt the flicker effect. It's not something that hurts you, but if you are caught in the light of a sodium vapor lamp, you are immediately, for lack of a better word, teleported out of range of that light. It's disorienting. No one likes that feeling. Bump, it's probably even worse for you because you are a creature of shadows and darkness, and this is not just light, but light that for some reason affects you in a strange way that it doesn't affect a normal human. Now, even people that were completely normal and then got affected by the flicker effect or were, for example, like you, Joe, were constructed in the aftermath of the flicker effect, it still affects you. And it is something that some of the mad scientists have tried to study, but a mad scientist is a byproduct of the flicker effect. How do you study something that automatically puts you outside of your laboratory as soon as you turn on a lamp. Well, you spend a lot of your time studying and then yelling, you'll rue the day at a light (laughs) as you are thwarted over and over. It looks like there are two of those spotlights currently that are illuminated here at the front of the home. And they're not pointed directly at you at the moment. They're kind of doing a, a lazy circuit in 180 degrees. So you're able to easily stay out of its way. But in the back, you see that there are two other spotlights that are not illuminated currently. Looks like they have been destroyed. The inside of the home is dark. No lights are on. And that is where you end up. All right, Bone, Bone, uh, pull up to the shoulder here. We don't need you uh, being tossed back by the lights and your car driving forward. Uh, So you just uh, keep the meter running. And I toss him a few bucks Mm -hmm. and I wave you guys to follow me. So it looks pretty dim in the back. Let's uh, avoid the front for obvious reasons. And yeah, we're going to go into the back. Going around to the back of the home, it shows that part of the fence, that cement wall has been caved in. Just about like a six feet portion of the fence has been caved in. Those lamps look like they were destroyed by gunfire. The back of the building is marked with black scorch marks. It's a cinder block building, so it didn't actually burn, thank goodness. However, there was a playground here in the back, and it's a very sad sight to see a playground that has been attacked. There's seesaws that have been broken in half. 
a metal slide has been twisted in the heat of the fire, and uh, one of the basketball hoops looks like it has been felled just like a tree. Bump is looking at the broken seesaw and says, Damn, this place has its ups and its downs. Okay, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm working yeah. on it. Yeah. Okay, no, it's okay. not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. And he's going to start moving towards the, you know, as scary as this seems outside, he wants to see what's going on inside. So he's going to one of the back windows, or if there's a door, he's going to try the door to see if it's unlocked. As you are approaching, there's a bank of windows, all of which have been broken in the fire, as well as a door. And as you are approaching the door... If you look over to that bank of windows, you see a series of small heads popping up over the windowsill of small children. Well, at least they're okay. Hey, 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 little munchkins, how you all doing? Are, are you here to take us away? Honestly, a bump used to be a bump in the night. He used to hide under kids' beds, so he's oddly very familiar and easygoing around them. And he's like, hey, no, 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 no. It's all right. No, we're here because uh, Senorita Blanca was worried about you, Tykes, and she needed someone to come in and check on you. And he's going to the door and he's giving it a little jostle. And he's like, hey, could you make? Could one of you come over and unlock the door for us? We just want to make sure uh, we can get in and, uh, and survey what's going on. We're not supposed to open the door for strangers. Oh, that's a good practice. That's a very good practice. Smart kids, I like that. I like it. I, I agree. But you're not supposed to open the door for strangers. But what if I tell you we have a werewolf with us? <gasps> a really neat werewolf. Come on, Mickey. Mickey. Mickey, uh, throughout all this, he's been like kind of trying to stay out of sight. He does not like kids because kids <laughs> and dogs, uh, you know, they pull tails and they and they they climb up and they, they, kids love dogs. And so yeah, Mickey kind of like comes around again. Hey, hi. One of the kids, uh, a little boy, he actually jumps up on the windowsill, and Mickey, you immediately recognize that he's got a bit of werewolf about him too. His hair is extremely shaggy. You know, his fingers are a little too long and definitely has more body hair than, like, a five-year-old sure should. Have. Hey, 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 me too! <laughs> and that's the kid that hops back down off of the windowsill and comes running around and bump you hear a rattling as he gets the door open. All right, and he good. runs past you, bump to go say hi to Mickey. So we need to get in good with these kids, right? Yeah, well, don't worry. It seems like we're making quick work of it. All right. Well, what I'm going to do could be construed as kind of inappropriate, especially considering that Mickey's a friend of ours. But, you know, things are what they are. And Joe's going to wander over to that broken playground, snoop around, kick a couple of things, light a cigarette, and then scoop down, pick up a piece of wood that's been broken off. Hey, Mickey! Mickey, kid. Mickey, Mickey and kid. Mickey, kid, kid. Mickey, Mickey, kid. Mickey, kid. Huh? Huh? Hey, kid. Hey, kid. What happened here? What happened here, kid? Tell me what happened. I'll throw the stick. Tell me what happened. I'll throw the stick. What happened here, kiddo? Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. He'll give you the stick. He sent it to me. This is how we hired Mickey. And a fate point to Joe. Thank you. And the kid, who is definitely very distracted by the stick, uh, is like, uh, uh, there was, uh, it was, it was the, the, the bikers. The bikers came. The bikers came. Bikers? Did you, what, what about a bikers? Like, there's a lot of bikers, kid. They were the bikers. 
What do they look like? They, 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 were, they were dressed. They were dressed in Senorita Blanca's favorite color. We thought they were with her, but then they were mean. Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. It's, it's Joe. So it <laughs> careens off into the distance. Go get it, kiddo. Did Go. you throw it towards the dark, scary desert? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's all right. He's got Mickey with him because you know Mickey's going after all that right. stick. Yeah. Mickey like trips the kid. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so Joe throws the stick. <laughs> And then turns towards Mickey and says, okay, Mickey, you really, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, kiddos, everybody come on out here. We're going to, have you eaten? A few kind of shrug. You notice that those ones are ghosts, so they don't really eat. But the more corporeal kids kind of shake their head. That first little girl goes, no, no, they all left. Okay, who all left? I mean, okay, so the bikers came and they took... Did they take... Where are the adults? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are the adults? They all left to go help Senorita Blanca. Okay, kid, you need to stop from the beginning. If you need something to eat, uh, he pats himself down and pulls out a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Ah, Jesus, come on, hold on. I think I can figure this out. And he's going into the orphanage, goes to the kitchen, finds like a giant jar of like peanut butter and like just like grabs a spoon and just starts hitting it into like bread. So it's the worst sandwiches ever created, but he's trying to lure her to tell him, like, where are the adults? Who went off to help Senorita Blanca? Can you tell us anything that you saw that might help us figure out what the hell's going on? Are there kids missing? All right. I'm going to lay a couple of aspects down on the scene because I love this idea. I think it's going to require a role. So I want to give you a couple of of options to, to play with. So we've laid a couple of aspects down on the scene. You are in the abandoned orphanage. It is a fireproof building. It has the sodium vapor spotlights. Uh, There is also the destroyed playground. And of course, you are standing in front of a horde of hungry orphans. So Bump, you were making them some sustenance. You're trying to get them to talk. So I would like you to give me a roll. And of course, uh, I mean, Mickey is off having fun with the stick in the desert. But if there is something that you are doing, Joe, in order to help Bump, that would give him a free plus one to the roll. Yeah. So Bump is making a giant PB&J for a bunch of kids. Joe, being a detective, looks around, notices that he's smoking around a bunch of kids, turns on the faucet, puts it out, don't smoke. And goes over to a cupboard, is looking around a cupboard, and then stops at one that has a cross on it. Opens it up, finds blood packs for the ever children, for the uh, the young vampires. Pops that open and roots around and then puts it in shot glasses that he finds because that's Joe's world. And then puts it in front of the kids to help feed the hungry children. I like it. So you are starting off with a plus one bump. Great. I rolled not great. I rolled a negative one. Okay. I'm using, I'm guessing this is drama, which is I'm investigating Mm -hmm. them. So that's a plus two. So I'm at plus one. What am I trying to beat? This is again a two. So right now I'm at a, I have a two drama. So that, so yeah, I I, I hit two right on the nose. Okay. The kids definitely aren't interested in talking at first. It's been at least 24 hours since any of them have eaten. So the small vampire children, they are slurping down on their shots of blood. Joe, you probably have to step in and play bartender a little bit because, again, shot glasses don't contain a lot. So you have to keep giving them refills. And then the kids that are eating the peanut butter sandwiches, well, you know, peanut butter gets stuck to the roof of your mouth and the kids just have bad table manners anyway, which is probably amplified when they are literally monster orphans. So it's just the room for a moment. 
is just a cacophony of slurping and chewing and kids elbowing each other and fighting over their food as, as small children always do. Somebody looks at somebody wrong and that begins a little tussle. Hey, we're not mortals here, be monsters. Also known as children. <laughs> but piece by piece, the kids start filling you in on the last 24 hours. Last night after bedtime, there was a rumbling outside, and as the kids started to get out of their beds, their, their minders, there's only two of them, Papa Antonio and Mama Liza, who minded the boys and the girls respectively, they each have their own little dorms, and uh, were telling the kids, stay inside, go back to bed. When there was a loud noise from outside, a sound of an explosion and gunfire, and when they went to their windows, they saw three motorcycles Three, four, ten, the kids have varying, you know, their kids seem like they're trying to one-up each other. So you're not sure, you know, I saw three motorcycles. Well, I saw ten motorcycles. Well, I saw twelve. Okay, okay. There was motorcycles. And Mama and Papa, as you call them, uh, I'm guessing they're mortals. I mean, they're the ones that handle the, uh, the, the lanterns outside, right? They all nod. Okay, okay. So they got a couple mortals watching over these kids. So mortals, they, uh... They turn on the lights, try to scare off some motorcycle guys, and they don't seem to, uh... The lights didn't do anything! Oh, that's bad. We got mortals. Okay, okay, so, so, w what do they take when they bust it in? They threw fire. I, okay, but the, who did they take? What did they take? Uh, did they take any of the kids? Why would they take anybody? Is someone gonna take us away again? Hey, no, 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 no! I don't wanna leave! Oh, hey, 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 hey! Where's the, where's the mortals? The mama, the papa. Mama Liza said she was gonna get help. Papa Antonio, he said that he was gonna go stop them. We didn't see Papa Antonio come back. Okay, so most likely what happened was mama made it back to uh, Senorita Blanca. That threw her into a rage, so she might be... Uh, <laughs> look towards the kids, sleeping. Uh, and... Papa, I say, probably might be, oh no, you might be out in that desert where you threw those bones. I look towards the kids, also sleeping. Um, <laughs> is there anything about the men on the motorcycles? Come on, kids, help me out here. I'm sure you were told to hide under your beds, but who didn't ha go under their beds? All the hands go up. Of course. Except for one who has tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> What do they look like? Any, anything. You said uh, one of uh, the, the, the little pipsqueet said that they were wearing her favorite color. So they were in white? Mm-hmm. And, and they had that on their backs. And he points at the cabinet that you had gone into, Joe, the one that had the cross on it. Bump plays for everybody. Bump is a part of this town. And Joe's been a cop back in the day. Can re-roll anything for, like, a knowledge? You don't even need to roll. Between knowing that they were dressed in white and that they had a cross on their back, that sounds like somebody that works for the Knight Templar. We look at each other. Oh, no. Holy rollers. For those who may not have listened to the last episode... Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> the Knight Templar is the mob boss that controls the Groves, which is south of Arroyo Vista here. Night Templar. They get a lot of mortals working for them, so makes sense why the lamps wouldn't scare them off. And they'd know to go for them, too. Yeah. They didn't take anything. They just shot the place up. This was a message. Could be. Could be. I mean, maybe they took the papa. 
One of the kids uh, comes and pulls on your your shirt bump. Hey, 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 this is silk. You don't pull on silk, and you're not pretty enough to get away with it. Okay, sorry, what what do you need, kid? They said they were going to come back tonight. And then Bump looks towards the clock as it... Oh, crap. And he looks towards Joe. They said they're coming back tonight. Yeah. And they're going to get a hell of... Mm. <clears throat> looks at the kids. A dang doozy of a surprise. I hate this bump. I know. I know. <laughs> That's a good place to cut to what's going on in the desert. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> they're coming back when? <laughs> I'm out there. Not, not for my stick, right? <laughs> not for my stick, right? <laughs> no one's coming for your stick. Except that kid. Except that kid. <laughs> Uh, out in the desert, uh, where it is dark, but that doesn't bother you or this kid, Mickey. You two are having the time of your life just running full out. Yep. In a city like Nitrate City, there's not a lot of places to run like this. Mm -hmm. So this is tapping into kind of a, a primal joy that you haven't felt in a, a in a while. Certainly not since your delayed puberty began to settle in here. So the two of you are running full speed and... As I said, it's a dark, empty desert. Nothing is growing out here. And you see that there's some kind of lump out here. There's a, a dark form sprawled across the desert floor. Mickey immediately slows down. And you smell blood. Yeah. Lots of it. <laughs> hey, 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 kid, kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Okay, listen, I think we're, we're going to go back. You, you found the stick, right? I found a stick. I don't think it's... It doesn't smell like him. It's all right. We'll show him the new stick. Um, I, I think... Will he throw it again? Oh, he'll throw it. <gasps> yeah, yeah. But I think we need to go back right now because... Uh, and he just, again, sniffs at the air and sort of tries to keep himself in between the bloody lump and the uh, and, and the kid. That smells like Julio. Hey, who's Julio? He drinks the blood. Ew. Ew. But no, but seriously though, wait, does this was Julio like one of your friends? He was back in the window. Okay, okay, I know what's going on here. Could you come out here? He's, I mean, no, no, I think I think Julio's fine. I think Julio's fine. It's just, um, I'm gonna get you, Julio. No, 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 no! Come on, come on! Julio's back at the house. I think I smell him back there. <gasps> and he starts running back yeah. towards the home. And yeah, Mickey kind of just lets him run, kind of watches him for a bit, and then turns around and then just scans the horizon and moves closer to the lump. The lump is a fresh body. Yeah. You're not a trained doctor no. by any means, but the only injury you see on it is a single stab wound through the chest. Mm -hmm. Definitely smells like a normal human. Yeah. Sniffs it a little bit, like takes a look just at the face just so he can describe it mm -hmm. later. And then again, just kind of stands up, scans around, sniffs at the air, and unless he detects something, he's going to start making his way back. You can give me a, a, a roll to see what you, sure. uh, you can uh, see. Sure. That sounds like case, action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is action-y. There's no difficulty here. It's just the more successes, the yep. more you're going to detect. All right. Um, so you need one success here. That's zero. Zero successes. There's basic things that you can tell. This body hasn't been here for more than a day. You don't see or hear or smell anybody else in the immediate vicinity, but... You're out of your element and kind of, you know, your adrenaline's been up because you've been yep, running yep. and having fun. And so to pivot so hard into yeah, serious yeah. mode is just a little difficult yep. for you. How far away are we? You were running for maybe at top speed for maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. So less than a mile away. All right. All right. 
With that in mind, uh, yeah, Mickey's going to just hoof it off to the back to the house mm-hmm. at top speed. And what is going on back at the house? So the, the little werewolf kid comes up, bounding through the door with definitely a different stick. Uh, is everything okay, kiddo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found, And he runs up to you, Joe. I found the stick. It's bigger than the one that you threw. It's better. Joe shrugs and takes the stick. You're right, kid. Heck of a stick. Nice work. He winds back up near the window to throw it again, then stops. Hey, kid, where's Mickey? He was sniffing at something. He was sniffing at something that smelled like Julio. Julio, Gulio. And he points at one of the kids that had been drinking the blood. Oh, God, that's not good. Hey, kids, uh, I know that your uh, mama and um, Antonio probably don't let you watch a lot of TV, but is there a TV in the house? Ah, come on, come on. Let's uh, let's us. Uh, uh, we're gonna take you back. We're gonna turn on some programs. I'm sure we could find something good. And Joe, how about you go and make sure that Mickey finds that stick you previously thrown? I think that's a good idea, Bum Bum. I'll get these kids in a nice room, and then once you bring Mickey back, we will prepare for maybe other visitors. Sounds like a plan. Mama Liza's room is the one that has the TV. Yeah, and as we walk in, I spot like a telephone, and I go up to it and I pick it up to see if there's a dial tone. There is a dial tone. You'd like to make a call. I turn on the TV first and get the kids all the pile up on the mama's bed and around it. I find some programming that's probably inappropriate. It's an old monster movie. Yeah, I mean, it's 11 o'clock in the 1950s. There wasn't a lot of 24-hour programming, yeah, so... this is like Ants from Mars. Mm-hmm. And it's educational. It's, it teaches about nature. And it's yeah. like a big busted woman screaming, Oh no, I'm being eaten! Fun note, that's definitely an old film because there is the Johnson code, I believe it is. It carefully monitors what is being filmed in Nitrate City at this point because they want to have some level of control over new monsters that might be forming. Oh my god, so it's like the Haze Laws but like supernaturally. I love that. I I dig that. But he is also going to make a quick call to Trixie. At the bar or at her home? At her home. So I'm calling I'm calling the house. The boarding house. Yeah. Trixie doesn't have her own private line in her room, so she would definitely have to come down to the front desk. And so you call the front desk. And the voice that answers is definitely not Trixie. Nitrate City home for young ladies. Hey, hey, uh, this is uh, this is Bump. I work at the Waning Gibbous. I need, it's this is a work emergency for a... Uh, Trixie uh, Vamprella? It is very late, sir, to be calling one of my young ladies. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Trixie, uh, she's the vampire, so uh, this is kind of her early morning. Still, we keep very strict hours here at this house because these are reputable ladies and you are a gentleman calling one this late in the evening. Did you? I'm sorry. Your voice sounds so familiar. Have you ever done any singing before? (laughs) I mean, I swear I've heard you, you haunting a record. And he's going to try to smooth talk her into letting him talk to Trixie. All right. Give me a smooth talking roll. This is going to be difficulty two. Yeah, I destroyed that. I'm going to use comedy because that's what I usually use <laughs> when I'm hitting on people because it's usually funny. Four. Wow. Yes. So he's talking and he's just trying to get her to. It's not important. He's just trying to get her off the phone to get Trixie mm-hmm. uh, on the phone. Uh, except that you brought up her singing career. And, well, it's not something that proper young ladies did in my time, but I was a featured member of my church's choir. Oh, I, that explains it. You have the voice of an angel. You know what? <laughs> I'm sorry for calling so late. I'm just dealing with a lot of children right now. Unfortunately, the guardians are not here to help me out. And I don't... And, and 
And you know, gosh, gee, uh, so you are part of a church choir, huh? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, you did that have to deal with children? Well, it was uh, something that all young ladies dealt with back in my day. Well, you know, here's the thing. I am calling from the Aurora Vista Home for Foundlings, and unfortunately, there was an accident here, and unfortunately, the the people who are, the, the minders are no longer here to watch over these kids, and we're just calling it around, uh, hope that there is a charitable person in, that is willing to keep an eye on them for a little while. We can drop them off at your oh, your domain, if that's possible. That's why I was calling Trixie. She's always willing to help out the community. <laughs> he kind of winces as it, like he's trying to fight like his even his body's saying that's a lie. That's a lie. Don't you can't say that. <laughs> so you know you know. But you on the other hand, with a voice like that, I'm sure you could keep control of all these little foundlings just for a night. Oh, those poor sweet babies and living in that monstrous woman's domain. Oh well, yeah, she is. Oh, yeah. You you mean that as an insult? Absolutely. Monster. She is wicked. I would happily take those little babies, but of course I, I you would need to bring them here. I can't leave my girls alone. Don't you worry. I'll... All sorts of unsavory men try to get in here. Of course, of course. We're <laughs> pigs. Uh, anyways, yeah, I, I'm going to send... Uh, we, we got a Hirsch. I think we can all cram them in here uh, and be fairly safe and comfortable, of course. Uh, but expect them in the next hour, okay? All right, I'll, well, I'll leave a light on for them. Okay, just make sure that it's not the sulfur light. <laughs> and uh, he hangs up, looks around, it's like, okay, kids, that's enough TV. We're going to uh, go out to the hearse. Hey, this is Angela from the Fandible Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more, remember to go to Fandible.com. We have a long backlog of games, and at Fandible, we believe there is a game for every voice, so we know that you'll find something else enjoyable there. If you want even more of us, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook as Fandible. And if you really want to support us, check us out on Patreon. We use the funds from there to buy new games, keep our equipment up to date, and go to cons, and you get great bonus material like early access to games or access to our private Discord where you can hang out with other fandable fans. Either way, thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again next week.